0: Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. What's the best way to involve people in the political process? Is my voice being heard? And uh, uh, am I representative of the majority in my party? Those are some questions at the heart of a debate raging in Utah over how to nominate candidates for elective office. Former presidential candidate Mitt Romney has come out in favor of Count My Vote initiative, which would mandate a change to direct primaries to determine party nominees. He says the current caucus and convention system excludes many people and rarely reflects how rank-and-file party members feel. Representative Jason Chaffetz is uh, an example of those against the initiative. He says that big money and big name ID would dominate the process under a direct primary system. In the meantime, State Senator Curtis Bramble's uh, Senate Bill 54 has passed the Senate. It's uh, a compromise, as the Senator describes it. Count my vote opposes it. Governor Gary Herbert says that a veto is possible to that bill if it makes it to his desk. We're going to be talking with representatives from Keep Our Caucus and Count My Vote, and uh, later in the program, a brief conversation with State Senator Todd Weiler, Republican from Woods Cross, who supports Senate Bill 54. We're asking you what you think. Are you active in the political process? Have you been to your neighborhood uh, caucus? Have you been to convention? Uh, Have you dropped out of the system? Do you feel that your voice is being heard? Do you see problems with the current system, or should we keep the caucus and convention system? Why or why not? The phone lines are open to you, 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us by email to to, uh, upraxis at uh, gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. We welcome in Brandon Beckham with Keep Our Caucus. Welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thanks for having
0: me. Appreciate you taking the time. Joining us as well is Rich McKeon, who is with Count My Vote. Uh, Am I saying your name correctly?
2: You did. That's a miracle. Thank
0: you. Okay. I wanted to make sure I got that right. As I mentioned later in the program, uh, State Senator Todd Weiler, who supports Senate Bill 54, will join us briefly. It's around 930. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let me start with you, uh, Mr. McKeon, from uh, from Count My Vote. I'd like to start, to, rather than with particulars, of course. Logically, I'd like to start with principles. Uh, w- what are the top uh, principles that you see here? Why why are you pushing a Count My Vote, a change in the way we nominate uh, uh, candidates?
2: You know, the, those of us who have uh, gathered to support Count My Vote initiated a discussion back in 2009. And that discussion revolved around the declining voter participation in the state of Utah. Uh, Essentially, uh, Utah used to participate at the rate of uh, nearly 80 percent. That was back in the 60s. We now are below uh, the national average. And while we used to be in top five, we are now consistently bottom ten in voter turnout. And that doesn't square with the kind of active population of, of people that we have here, highly educated, Highly connected uh, people that uh, are informed that are charit- high on charitable giving and the like; those are usually the barometers of high turnout. And so, as we began to examine this, we began to recognize that the political parties, over the course of time, had made it easier and easier to avoid a primary. They changed that their what we call the threshold from 80 percent to 70 percent, and then in the 90s to 60 percent, and we believe that that is part and parcel related to this decline in voter participation. <clears throat> then uh, on top of that, there's a, uh, the, the other issue that I think is difficult is that the caucuses uh, exclude great n- numbers of people from participation. They um, if, if you're a parent with children or in the military, if you're a first responder, firefighter or police, if you're working in a hospital, if you're a business traveler or, or if, you're, if you're just one of those people who doesn't like to express their opinion publicly, then uh, you are excluded from participation in the caucus. You therefore have no vote in who goes who becomes your delegate and, and we think there's a a problem with that representational component, that when you assign your vote to a delegate who has no responsibility or accountability to report back how they voted or what they did, uh, then that's the problem. And so our effort has been to uh, to say that that a direct primary, a primary that allowed every voter to participate on every vote, makes more sense in this modern age. It's the way that it, it, it is it is the way that allows everyone to participate. That's, That's kind of the nutshell. I'm happy to hit any y- details y- that you y- believe we ought to explore.
0: Yes, and we'll definitely get into details as, as we go along. We have an hour for the, for the program. Uh, we uh, have just heard from Rich McKinn, uh, who's a, with uh, Count My Vote, uh, which uh, a group which is uh, seeking uh, signatures. They want to uh, mandate a a um, change from the current caucus and convention. Uh, system of nominating candidates to direct primaries. We've just heard some of the reasons why. Uh, we bring in uh, Brandon Beckham. Uh, I wonder if we could keep this. Uh, t- we'll get into details later on, uh, Mr. Beckham. Uh, w- and I- I'm interested in in the uh, hearing about the virtues of the current system: caucus and convention. What's uh, what what what's great about caucus and convention that we should keep it?
1: Sure. Um, first of all, the caucus system is 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 a mechanism in which. Individuals can directly participate in our democratic process here in Utah. And if you look at uh, our nation, um, we are a nation that has a republic, a republican form of government, and the caucus system is basically the apex of, of that the self-government where people can actually get in and uh, directly participate to make sure they have a voice. Um, and it's also uh, one in which uh count my vote doesn't really talk about this, but Anyone has the opportunity in this state to dream big and to run for office, regardless of their social or economic status. The caucus does not exclude anyone. You can go on caucus night, and you can affiliate right there if you'd like, and it's open, and uh, there's no cost, um, and it it is a great mechanism to be engaged in self-government. One of the things we also like to point out is that the caucus system um, allows us to level the playing field for candidates, uh, removing the money as a dominant factor so that it, it, it allows a vetting process to take place in which unpaid volunteers who are elected by their uh, local communities go out, ask the tough questions, get the tough answers from these um, politicians and candidates running for office so they can in turn make a, a, a sound decision on what candidate would best represent not only the values of, of their party, because we are talking about parties here, but also in relation to their local communities. Um, and so we believe that the caucus system is, is the most effective way for evaluating candidates and informing voters. Um, without uh, such a thing, in, in a direct primary, you you uh, do not have that. And it's, it's open to uh, basically uh, mass media, and there is no real... Um, you know, vetting of a candidate. It's just who has the most money, who has the most ads, and so on and so forth. And that's pretty in a nutshell what, what the caucus system does. Um, we also believe that, uh, you know, it, it any system is not perfect, but the caucus system, like any other system, can use tweaks and, and things like that for improvement. But overall, it is a great mechanism for Utah, which has utilized it wisely in uh, also the fact that it also has a primary attached to it. So that's one of the things that um, is not communicated in this debate currently. Mm.
0: Uh, so that's uh, Brandon Beckham from uh, Keep Our Caucus. You're welcome to join this conversation. Very interested to, to know uh, what your level of participation is. Uh, you know, some people are very much... Uh, well, have a high level of participation, and uh, others I, I know people who've, who've never gotten into the system or perhaps uh, have dropped out. And that's really at the heart of this debate uh, how do we get people to participate? What's the best way? What's the most representative way? And the debate goes on, and we're having that debate today on the program. We appreciate Rich McKeon with the Count My Vote and Brandon Beckham from Keep Our Caucus being with us. The number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. We'd be interested to hear your experience, your thoughts, your opinions. And you can join us by email to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Before we dive into some of these specifics, I'd like to have each of you respond to some of the specific points that uh, you just just made. I'm curious to to get a response. We'll get a response first from uh, Rich McKeon on this, um, to a a recent example, highly publicized example, of an appeal to get involved in the caucus and convention system. That was from the LDS Church. This is 2012. Some see this as a response to the, uh, you know, two years previous and the defeat of uh, Senator Bob Bennett at convention, uh, eventually by by Mike Lee, who's the current senator. Then a, a letter uh, in church, uh, an appeal to LDS Church, and I'm sure other congregations as well, uh, to, to get involved in the, uh, in the caucus and convention system. And there was a, an increase in, in the number of people who went. I have friends who went for the first time, for example. Uh, so, Rich McKeon, I can see where this, this argument could cut both ways. I wonder if you could take that example, and, and um, I'd like to hear your opinion on that, to what, how that played out and, uh, and why that supports the, uh, the Count My Vote initiative.
2: You know, um, let, let's just lay out a first principle, and that is that anything that is done to generate interest in elections and in the public square, of the discussion of the public square is a positive, positive. and I think that the the LDS Church was not the only among those uh, uh, who were congregations of faith who uh, encouraged people to participate actively in the uh, in, in their caucuses. I think that was what was available. That's uh, the reason that they do, and I think that they've issued that letter again, which is to to and do it, they have regularly done it, and that's a, an appropriate role of churches and congregations is to encourage public uh, discourse and getting involved. Uh, so I'll, that is a that's a positive. The, the The problem that I see is that we are that we are responding to the system as it exists, not as it could or should be. Uh, one of the things that and listen, I respect people who. Uh, who believe that the caucus system is a, is a, a better alternative. But I, I think there, there is a, a different way to approach this, and that the caucuses grew out of a time frame when people used to hitch their horses up to a wagon and go to the city to find out and get information, and we have different ways of getting information now. The notion that this is a Republican form of government, this caucus, I think misconstrues the concept of a republic. A republic is is typically thought of at the constitutional or representational level, and that is and and this is now at a very subset of that. the, the difference between elected officials and caucus delegates is that I can go online and see and see how my officials voted. I know what they did and and uh, who influenced them because they have public disclosure of the money that was that has been uh, given to them. That doesn't exist with delegates, and the delegates are are treated grandly during this period of time. And and the question of money here is, I I think we ought to be clear about this, that money has been a subject of discussion in campaigns for for better than a century and probably before. And, And if this is about campaign finance reform, then that's a different thing. But this is nothing new, that money plays a role in politics. The question is, where should the money be directed? Should it be directed to uh, to a small group of uh, Utahns who represent the Republican and Democratic Party, 3,700 Demo- uh, Republican delegates, and 2,700 Democratic delegates? That's now the focus of the money, and people now hold delegates to their degree of accountability, and 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 that's wrong. They ought to be. They ought to be. Um, they ought to be. Uh, talking to, to the, the citizens of Utah and not responding from an accountability perspective to the, uh, to the delegates. And so this, this notion of money is, a, is, is just one that I think really is a red herring. Uh, Abe Lincoln said it. I think you, you can fool some of the people all the time and all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And, and the broader basis of this is what James Madison argued for, is that when small elite group of voters vote, that mischief can occur, and and I think that's uh, really what we're responding to here.
0: Brendan Beckham, I, I have a, um, I have an email which uh, goes to this and I, I think would be best directed to you, but first I want to give you a chance to just respond broadly to this question that I've posed. What what do you make of uh, of that letter that went out from the LDS Church and some other congregations, other churches that uh, urged participation in the caucus system as well? What, what do you make of that?
1: Well, I think the, the Church is uh, smart to, um, you know, promote participation. Of course, it's part of our ethic here in Utah and with the LDS community. Um, it's part of our doctrine is to be engaged civically and uh, to participate in our process uh, to, because ultimately it leads to um, good governance, which is what the caucus system does. And just to follow up with what Rich said, I mean, he talks about the caucus system coming from the horse and carriage area. Well, you know, our Constitution also came from horse and carriage area, too. Does that mean it's wrong? No, it has principles, which uh, they stand the test of time no matter what. Things can be modernized to a degree, but principles stay the same no matter what the, the technology changes. And Madison, it's funny you bring him up because Madison also talked about the fact that we needed to have an educated republic if it was going to last. The caucus system allows us to do that by educating folks and voters specifically on who is running for office. Um, if you look at the, pre- the way the president was originally elected in this, in this country, um, it was based on delegates. Delegates would go out and find um, the right candidates and, and scrutinize them, sort of the same in, in, certain, in a sense, the same way as uh, advise and consent when when we uh, you know send nominees to the, of the Supreme Court that are able to then uh, go through the Senate confirmation process. We need to have a vetting, and in a in a, in a uh, you know direct primary, which is basically um, part of something which Madison would be opposed to because he. All the Founding Fathers uh, were against uh, uh, pure democracies. Um, They they knew that they would be um, uh, unstable and that they also lead to um, misinformation, among other things. So I just wanted to make that point. As far as the the Romney letter, or sorry, the the, uh, church's response, I think I I answered that already, but I think it's great that, that, that... Church has stepped forth, and they did this uh, two years ago as well, and uh, we're glad that that's happened.
0: We do have a couple of emails. You're welcome to join us by email as well to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. I'm very curious to see uh, what your viewpoint on this is, and a specific question to you if you'd care to answer. Have you been involved in the the current system? Have you gone to your neighborhood caucus? Uh, Have you been elected delegate to convention? Have Have you participated in this way? Um, or perhaps you've grown cynical of the current process, so you'd like to uh, support Count My Vote and see a direct primary, what would that do? Um, Love to get your viewpoint on this, and the number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us at upraxis at gmail.com. Also, you can join us on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page where Jennifer Pemberton has liked our post. Thank you, Jennifer. You can comment there as well. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, a couple of emails, which will move the conversation forward, and then I'll have the, the our two guests or gentlemen uh, respond to some more specific points that the other has made on this very interesting and important uh, topic. gets to the very heart of, uh, of how best to have us participate in nominating candidates and, and eventually choosing who represents us. Uh, and Brandon Beckham with uh, Keep Our Caucus and Rich McKeon from Count My Vote are with us. More following the break.
3: Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and your local office of AARP Utah, a nonpartisan organization helping people 50 and over improve their lives through its advocacy for health care reform, social security, and consumer protection in Utah. Information is at aarp.org ut.
1: This week in This American Life, there was this weird story about a year ago. You may have seen this a guy who was vaguely linked to the Boston Marathon bombings, was shot in Florida by the FBI. He was an unarmed man, shot seven times in his own living room by federal agents. Then the FBI started doing a bunch of things that did not make the news. What really happened? Why were they even in that room with that guy? A reporter spent five months looking into it. What she learned this week. Friday morning at 3 and
0: Sunday afternoon at 2 on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, and we're talking about uh, participation in our uh, democracy, in our republic, in our voting system. It's at the heart of uh, how to get people involved, how best to represent uh, what the majority feels, and uh, how to uh, get pe- good people to run, and how to uh, nominate and uh, elect the, the best people. Uh, we're talking with uh, Rich McKeon, who's uh, with Count My Vote, Uh, They are seeking to change from the current caucus and convention system to uh, primaries, direct primaries, to nominate uh, candidates. Brandon Beckham with Keep Our Caucus is with us, and uh, he's seeking to keep the current caucus and convention system. This is an ongoing debate, of course. Um, Most recent news, uh, former presidential candidate Mitt Romney has come out in favor of Count My Vote initiative Uh, Representative Jason Chaffetz is against that initiative. He uh, supports the current caucus and convention system. Many of the big names uh, arrayed on on either side. Uh, State Senator Curtis Bramble uh, describes his Senate Bill 54 as a compromise. Count my vote opposes that. Um, And uh, that has passed the Senate now uh, to maybe moving forward in the legislature. If it reaches Governor Gary Herbert's desk, he says a veto is possible. So... This is very much in the current events, and we're asking you what you think. Have you participated in the current system? Um, have you dropped out of the system? Do you see problems with the current caucus and convention system, or should we keep it? Why or why not? The number to uh, reach us is 1-800-826-1495, one 826 1495 You can join us by email to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at uh, gmail.com. Uh, We have a couple of emails. uh, Let's get to these. Um, This is from Dennis in Cash Junction. Let me uh, point this uh, to Mr. Beckham first, and then I'll give uh, Mr. McKeon a chance to respond as well. This is what Dennis says. I laud the LDS Church for encouraging members to participate in their local caucus. However, reality is that without continually urging its members to participate, involvement from those members will once again decrease. And once again, we're left with people with extreme views, who do the electing for us. Is it our fault for not participating? Perhaps. But Representative Chaffetz and Senator Lee would not be elected, and uh, former uh, Senator Bob Bennett would still be a Utah senator. Had there been an open primary, at least with a primary, I have a choice. That's from Denison to Cass Junction. Uh, what, do, what do you make of that, uh, Mr. Beckham?
1: Yeah, um, I think that in general, we, in terms of politics, we... Uh, people have a tendency to to be less involved um, right from the start I think politics is it, it, it has its, uh, it's a, it, I, it, there's things about it that people are are less attracted to it because you know it, it can be heated it can be you know very partisan and and so forth and of course uh, um, that can trickle down to the communities and people are less in, yeah, likely to be involved, but I think in addressing the other question, part of that question um, in terms of extreme candidates, that's something that's, that's bothersome to me, because I don't understand that argument, and I think how my vote has been disingenuous about presenting that. Um, first of all, we look at Mike Lee for example, That's that was brought up. Um, Mike Lee um, uh, won the election but he was not elected by the delegates we need to understand that Mike Lee was actually he was 2.5 percent away from being eliminated we actually voted in the I was I was a delegate at the time and uh, I actually was there and we voted for um, um, Bridgewater and so when those two candidates went into the primary it was Bridgewater that came out so it was the If you want to call it the rank and file Republicans, uh, that decided that they wanted Mike Lee as their new senator. So it's, it's, and if you also look at, uh, Chaffetz, there's another example. Jason Chaffetz. Here you have, uh, again, he did not win, um, through the caucus and convention system. He was able to get through it and and get to a primary, but it was, uh, you know, it was, they, they chose, the voters chose, Jason Chaffetz, who was a little bit more conservative. Um, and, and we can go down and talk about other candidates too. Uh, extreme, I don't understand what that means. If extreme means, um, in terms of delegates, if that means, uh, I don't understand what it means, but I think for the most part, delegates, which are turnover every two years, basically reelected every two years, um, these are unpaid volunteers. And what they're doing is looking for candidates that are cl- more aligned to the party platform. Bob Bennett became very D.C. centered. He, he had lost his way a little bit. And he, he, was, uh, uh, he was condescending to a lot of delegates who were asking him, why are you voting this way? Um, you know, we, we're Republicans. We, we want limited government. We don't want these big uh programs that you're pushing in BC and I remember seeing um Senator Bennett at a meeting with other delegates and uh he he invited invited them uh, all of us there talking about um, you know what our concerns were but it was more him telling us that we're wrong and that what's going on in DC uh, we don't understand and that we needed to get with the program um, look it's, in terms of, of uh, Bob Bennett and extreme, we're just. I think if you're a Republican, you, there's a reason why you're a Republican, right? You have certain values and principles that you espouse, and you want your candidates um, to stick to their guns when they go in there saying they're conservative or saying they're Republican, and then they don't stick by that. What mechanism do we have to, um, you know, getting them out, or, or replacing them, or keeping them accountable? The caucus system does that. And I'd say the same thing for the Democratic Party and the Constitution Party, which also use the uh, the caucus system.
0: Let's uh, get it. we're we're uh, we're now starting to get some uh, some calls and more responses, so we'll ask everyone to be brief. I did want to give uh, Rich McKinn uh, a chance to respond uh, to this email from Dennis in Cass Junction.
2: Let me, uh, let me just jump in and mention that this is not for Count My Vote about candidates or people. This is about a process that eliminates participation and negates interest in political, uh, in political elections. So number one uh, is 82% of the time, 82% of the time, the final candidate is selected by delegates and goes on the final ballot without uh, affirmation of the vote of the people. So, basically, we are giving these delegates, who are strangers to us, uh, our vote. And and I'm just suggesting that in the state of Utah, we have responsible, capable people, fully capable of exercising their own franchise. Number two, the delegates do have, as an aggregate, and listen, these are good folks, but as an aggregate, they see the world differently. In 2010, the, the voting population saw education which is typically education or the economy as, as the number one issue, and the delegates uh, in the Republican Party had that as number eleven. And we, uh, you, you just have to look at those things that were ahead of that. Number seven was getting us out of the UN. Now that's not representative of the voters of the people. And so, as a, as a, as a group of people, the delegates may not reflect what the voters uh, want. And. Uh, as a whole population. And so I I arrive at the third thing that I would say about this, and that's this. I I have very, I, I, I am bewildered by the opposition that exists to allowing every Utahan the ability, who chooses to vote, the ability to vote on every candidate. Why is it preferred to give that vote to a few other people who are unaccountable and, and who may not represent my view. Uh, I, would, I would much prefer to go into a, into a secret ballot and, and vote my conscience the way that I chose relative to candidates, a full board of candidates, and, and be able to select them. That this notion of vetting is uh, that, that there's only a small group of people who know how to do this is fallacious. It it doesn't make sense in a world that has the capacity to be instantly communicative with one another. And so I just lay those out as principles that I think are applicable here. And, again, I would just emphasize that for for Count My Vote, this is about a principle, about voter participation, about accountability to the voters as opposed to delegates. It's it's not about individual candidates.
0: Let's go to our uh, first caller. Uh, who uh, who joins us? I'm not sure uh, wh- where from. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment.
4: Hello. Y- yes. Uh, go ahead. This is Janice Morris, and I live in Logan, uh, and work on campus. So, graduated from Utah State as well. I grew up in California and lived there for many years and started our family there. And '78 moved here to Utah. While California is a primary voting state. So it was a different process to come here and be able to attend caucus meetings. I was excited about it because I felt like, wow, I can really be involved at the ground level. On the other hand, uh, California, yes, everybody votes, but you really don't have any input into even who's ca- who the uh, – candidates are on your ballot whether you're Republican or Democratic you only get to vote with what you're registered so i enjoyed the caucus system to be able to be more active in the voting and deciding who we're going to vote for and to learn what my neighbors really thought about politics so it was informed it that way and i still like the idea of keeping caucus but on the other hand I think it's very important that everybody have the opportunity to vote which the primary system does allow rather than handing my vote over to a delegate. So, it's so a, I'm I'm a little bit on both sides. Yeah, now. that's
0: that's what I was going to say. You're you're kind of in the middle uh, yeah. on this one. Like I think a lot of people are. Would, do you lean one way or the other?
4: Well, actually I was leaning toward caucus, but when when you do think about the delegates You you don't get a report back from them. (laughs) You elect them in your caucus meetings, and then you're lucky if you hear anything else until after the whole election's over. Mm. So I I, I Uh, kind of feel uh, like the primary is more responsible
1: that way.
0: Uh, Judge says, "Is that Rich McKeon? Am I hearing the background?" No. That's Brandon. Brandon, Brandon uh, go ahead with your response.
1: Yeah. Um, so in precincts, it just depends on, on where you're elected. Some precincts, actually, they they, allow, they ask their delegate to give them a report back. Um, other delegates that are elected, um, ba- their their election is based on, you know, who they're going to support. And uh, the they say, well, OK, you know, we would like to elect you because you're going to vote for Senator Hatch. I can tell you right now. For example, uh, I'm a precinct chair, and uh, in my precinct, um, I uh, I went in, uh, I canvassed my neighborhood. And this is the great thing about it, is because the people that want to be engaged and are willing to work hard, uh, people that want to you know be involved and make an impact, can anyone really? I went uh, around my neighborhood, you know, and I talked to everyone. I talked to everyone, walked on, knocked on every door and um i've even talked to democrats i'm not a democrat but I, they're my neighbors so i wanted to talk to them um and i brought a flyer and i talked about what i believed in and i thought i also had some concerns and issues of where you know in terms of republicans where the party is going and um i i said you know i voted for hatch last two go-arounds but this time i'm not going to support him, and here's why all right now when i got to my caucus meeting there was a, a fairly decent, a fairly decent amount of our, our precinct who who uh, did not support or did, wanted to continue to, to to have Hatch voted in, but overwhelmingly, uh, two to one, did not want Hatch reelected. So that was that community expressing their voice, and uh, and so they elected me based on that, um, and th- and so others said, hey, I I want to you know support Hatch, and so they weren't elected. So. It just depends on the precinct. I've heard precincts say, hey, we want to report back, and they provide it. On my precinct, I, I have I actually have a, a Facebook page, and I, I release things to them as we go along. But uh, a delegate, and keep in mind, uh, when we talk about what a delegate does, a delegate just doesn't go to convention and vote. He actually does a lot of work, and it's more than just five hours, as Thomas Wright has once said. But you are out there for example, going to different um, meetings and stuff that have to do with the party platform, organization of the party, uh, party officers, um, and then as well as uh, organizing conventions. So there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of um, you know groundwork. But um, it, it, overall, I mean, it is a great system. And I, I want to say to the, the, the young lady that, that spoke um, that, that I agree with her assessment. And I think that and we I also uh, prefaced this before, but you know caucus system can have a couple of improvements to make it better and i I think the GOP is stepped forward to do that
0: uh, let me get a let me get a response from uh, rich McKeon. Uh, yeah. Janice has I, said
2: I, I can... go ahead. yeah well thank you, Tom. I appreciate that you know um, people choose to exercise their resource of time in very different ways i I, I admire those who who are politically active, and I've been very politically active myself. But, but there are people who prefer to use their time in Little League baseball or soccer or to, to help autistic kids or to be a big brother or to do church service or to, do, uh, or, or, or to help the homeless and the poor, and, and, and their time is, is relegated in other ways, and they are a value to this community. And, uh, and, and I don't think that we need to delegate to Brandon or others, our vote. Now, I admire him. He's been actively involved, and I admire anybody who's involved in this process, but but there are lots of ways to exercise our input into communities, and not everybody appreciates the political process, and they don't appreciate sometimes the ability to go to a caucus because they express themselves privately more than they do publicly. and I think Brandon has kind of outlined what I see as one of the defects in this: is that there are no standards to these precincts. They are, they are a jump ball uh, all around the state. Run differently, handled differently, managed differently, and and it it, it again. It, I, I just think the variability in the in the experience. And if you were to poll those who who went out for the first time, they'd say it wasn't a pleasant experience on on balance. And. Uh, I I guess that the question I continue to ask is, why not give every UTOM the ability to vote for every candidate? I'm uh, I'm just, uh, it it seems to me so simple that we have created a process that opens elections, it opens the election time, it allows people to vote in their leisure or at a a ballot place, it, it, it is a different world and a different opportunity, and Utahns are responsible people. And when I hear the people say that only the delegates can do it, I, I, I am, it, it chafes me a little bit because I basically hear them say that those of us who, who aren't delegates are uninformed voters, and, and, and it's not true. We inform ourselves, we do it all in different ways, but that's the way we, that's one of the rationale for opening this up so that we have a primary component.
0: We're talking with uh, Rich McKeon, you heard from him just there, He's with Count My Vote. They're uh, seeking to change the current caucus and convention system to a direct primary system. And with Brandon Beckham with Keep Our Caucus, they want to keep the current caucus and convention system. We're talking about the principles behind this. Uh, the virtues and defects of each uh, potential uh, the current system and the potential uh, primary system uh, this gets to the heart of participatory uh, democracy and uh, uh, and perhaps you've dropped out of the system I'd love to hear about that if, if if that's the case or perhaps like Janice you're you're excited at this point coming from California to be involved in this system which uh, of course uh, doesn't happen in every state in fact uh, it's a minority of states that have caucus and convention uh, system Um, So the number to reach us is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, toll free anywhere you are. Uh, You can reach us by email to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. And uh, we do have uh, several emails lined up. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, more emails on this to upraxis at gmail.com, and uh, we're told by uh, Senator Weiler's people that he may be able to join us here uh, coming up shortly. We want to hear about uh, Senator Bramble's uh, Senate Bill 54. Uh, Senator Bramble not able to join us, but Senator Weiler, a supporter of that bill, may be able to join us much more, and uh, including, I hope, your email or call following the break.
3: Support for UPR's coverage of the Utah Legislature comes from AARP Utah, a nonpartisan social
1: change organization with a membership helping people 50 and over improve their lives by providing materials, programs, and advocacy on key issues. Information is at aarp.org.
0: The last wolf in
2: Yellowstone National Park was killed in 1926. For any visitor that had come to Yellowstone from 1926 to 1995 when wolves were brought back, there's one thing that they missed out on. There would have been an unnatural
0: silence here. Now you can hear the wolves again.
2: I'm Steve Kerwood, and that's next time on Living on Earth from
0: PRI. Coming up
2: today at 10 o'clock
0: on Utah Public Radio. We're talking about the very process by which we nominate candidates who are then uh, go on to uh, represent us in our uh, representative system. This is the very heart of the uh, participatory uh, democracy system or republic system, whichever you'd like to say. And uh, we're talking about the uh, Count My Vote initiative uh, drive which uh, seeks to change from our current caucus and convention system to a direct primary system. Count My Vote, as you've heard early in the program, uh, they say they're responding to a a declining uh, voter participation uh, and uh, that it's uh, easy to avoid a primary under the current system, that the uh, caucuses exclude many from participation, keep our caucus counters that uh, this system, caucus and convention, represents the apex of self-government. It encourages people to run for office. It vets candidates and uh, produces candidates who best represent the party. Those are some of the arguments that have been put forward. Uh, Where do you stand? Love to have your experience as well at 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us uh, by email to upraxis at gmail.com. Rich McKeon, who's with Count My Vote, is with us. Brandon Beckham with Keep Our Caucus is with us. And uh, now, gentlemen, we get to the part of the program. This is kind of a familiar pattern. We have uh, emails stacked up. People want to participate here near the end of the program. We have about nine minutes left, so we'll ask everyone to be uh, somewhat brief. We'll give you each, though, a chance to respond to each of these. This is from Chris. He uh, sends this email. He says, I don't buy that count my votes motivation is about low voter turnout. Isn't this really about control of the Republican Party in Utah? and the perceived disproportionately significant influence of more passionate, ideologically driven individuals versus the general Republican electorate. Let me uh, point that one first to uh, Mr. McKeon.
2: Uh, simple answer is no. Uh, the, this is about with this, the, the inception of this is voter participation, but uh, the, the rationale behind that is, is uh, upside down. That when you invest your political future in a small group of people. You, uh, you you subject yourself to a much more refined process, and it it is uh, and it does it excludes large groups of people. I just I would point out to you that the delegates in the Republican Party, 77% of them are men, 63% are over the age of 45, 80% of 82% of the time they choose the final candidate. It's not representative of our uh, population. And uh, we think that we, we are enhanced when that occurs. It, it, it is exclusive. It excludes people from caucus night. And it's an antiquated system, one that needs to be modernized and revised. And, and the conversation that has come out of Count My Vote has brought almost universal recognition that we need to reform and update this system. That's positive. I'm I'm pleased that we're having that conversation in a way that we never that we haven't previously. And almost everyone concedes that there are defects in the system. We just believe that Utah voters can be trusted, that they are uh, well educated, well informed and willing to participate when given the opportunity to do it. Our system presently excludes that, and so uh, I find it to be that question to be kind of uh, upside down from where I think it ought to be.
0: Uh, Brandon Beckham, your response to uh, Chris's points there.
1: Yeah, can you please restate that, uh, that uh, yes, question? Yes, yeah, d-
0: definitely. Uh, Chris says he doesn't buy that uh, Count My Vote's motivation about low ter- voter turnout. He says, isn't this really about control of the Republican Party in Utah and the perceived disproportionately significant influence of more passionate, ideologically driven individuals versus the general Republican electorate?
1: Yeah, part of me agrees with that sentiment, and I'll tell you why. Um, one of the things that, uh, it, you know, the vote talks about is participation, yet, if you look at caucus participation over the last six years, every two years, it has doubled in participation just in the GOP. And if you look at the people involved, um, they are elected by their neighbors. Okay? These aren't people that, that are paid. These aren't people that um, just come out of nowhere. They're elected by their communities, which uh, is expressing a sentiment they feel about how their candidates should be uh, representing them. And this is about the party, okay? This is about parties. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, or, or Constitution Party, uh, or you know, you cannot tell a party how it nominates its candidates. That is a right of association, which is guaranteed by our First Amendment. And I, I think Count My Votes' proposal, which is basically a piece of legislation that they proposed, is, is flawed in many ways, not just uh, in, in terms of their grammatical flaws that are in the, in the bill, which is uh, pretty lengthy, but it is flawed on its face in being a, a completely anti-constitutional. Um, it is unconstitutional because it violates that First Amendment. As a party, I'm involved in a party. You cannot come to a party and say, we want you to elect your 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 uh, candidates this way. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to go ahead and vote on it. The public says, you, you, cannot out, you cannot vote away rights. How is that American? Uh, that, that doesn't make sense to me. No, that. we are allowed right. to do what, what a party wants to do. If it wants to nominate... For example, the, the Democratic Party—they—they they have their way of doing things. They're the ones that actually went to the, the different threshold from 70% down, and the Republican Party followed after that. But you cannot dictate. Neither can the state dictate. That—that uh, that is a right that is protected
0: by our, our Constitution. Sound like Rich McKeon wanted a response there?
2: Well, it—it. It, it there is a constitutional issue here, but it is what the state can do and what the party can do. And the party can internally deal with the way that it manages its party, but the state has the absolute right to determine the election processes. And and the Constitution is absolutely clear on that. And it just, it it begs the question here to begin to talk about this from the standpoint of flawed flawed documents and, and unconstitutionality, because I think those will be determined in other venues, but the fact of the matter is that we've had constitutional scholars, bar pres- past bar presidents, and, and many people look at this before it was submitted, and it passed that muster, and it also passed the constitutional muster of the lieutenant governor's office. So that argument should not uh, even really make the, the light of day.
1: Just
0: a, just a brief response, Mr. Beckham. Yeah, go ahead.
1: says that... Just because it's, uh, a couple of lawyers say that its constitution doesn't mean it is, Rich. I mean, for example, HB 116, which was passed by our legislature, was un- unconstitutional as well. You think that took effect at all? No. It's been three years now, and it still hasn't taken effect because it takes an act of Congress or change in our constitution.
0: Let me and let so- me uh, let me end that uh, point right there. We do have a couple of emailers. I want to get to these uh, quickly. Okay. I'll ask everyone to to be brief. This is David and Logan. Uh, he says. That the Save Our Caucus movement is a wrong-headed power play is shown by Senator uh, Bramble's bill, which is a subterfuge to try to thwart the will of the people. Those in power now are so intent on keeping their power and maintaining their control of the system that they're unwilling to allow the Count My Vote movement to play out. Seeing that an overwhelming majority support returning power to the citizens, the Bramble bill is an attempt to make it so that when it passes, it will have no effect those who control the process now are so afraid of uh, losing power that they will stop at nothing to keep the power of the elections out of the hands of uh, citizens uh... let me go first to mr mckeon on this i, I know count my vote i believe opposes uh, senate bill fifty four
2: we do it uh... it's proposed as a solution the fact of the matter is it's an absolute circumvention of what we think is the will of the people the will of the people is being expressed in count my vote over a hundred thousand people have now signed petitions that uh will allow this to get on the ballot, and uh, we that's, that's, that's Utahns who have signed it, people who want to see a change, and uh, what uh, Senate Bill 54 does is it, it, it sets qualifiers around that language and, and is a circumvention, literally, a, a, an effort to say that the parties can avoid the application or implementation of the Count My Bloom initiative or a direct primary if they will do certain things. And, um, again, we don't view it as a, as a solution at all. We view it as a circumvention. The only thing that literally, I think, satisfies Count My Vote is a, a, a direct primary component where people can vote for every candidate. It's, an only, it's really the only reasonable result here.
0: Let me get your uh, response, uh, Brandon Beckham. Do, do you uh, support Senate Bill 54?
1: I don't support it. Um, I, I mean, I, I support the concept that Kurt is... Trying to, um, I mean, you, we have to also consider that, you know, these these uh, representatives we have in our state capital represent millions, um, and so their process is is not undermining. It is it is uh, also uh, a result of what they're hearing from their constituents. The other thing is, is I've talked to Senator Bramble about this bill, and he has told me that he tried to come to the table with. Count my vote, representatives, in making a compromise for for this issue, uh, and and he, he tried. Uh, his efforts were were uh, were not uh, very successful because um, they didn't want uh, a compromise. They want control, and uh, that's what it looks like. I I think that um, the state has. And, and the people in general, we don't have a right to tell a party what to do. That's that's a sacred right, just as as well as a, you have the right to believe certain things. Um, and yes, you're right. States do have a right to to uh, dictate um, uh, how the how the ballot is is ran, but uh, they don't have the right to dictate how a party nominates its candidates. That's that's not in the Constitution, Rich. Uh, but I, I think Senator Bramble's bill, um, the concepts, concepts behind it are, are to bring us a, a sort of a, if you will, a, a way to, to, to compromise. And Calvin Vote doesn't want to compromise. They just want it all or
0: nothing. We'll, uh, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time and uh, appreciate uh, appreciate the discussion. Uh, we've only scratched the surface, as, as you could probably tell, but I think we've outlined some principles. So I'd appreciate uh, representative from uh, Count My Vote, Rich McKeon. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you, too, Brandon and Tom. Appreciate it.
0: And uh, Brandon Beckham, Keep Our Bar- Bar- Cox. Thank you. Appreciate that. Senator Weiler, we'll have to uh, get him later. I think he was tied up there at the legislature. Uh, this discussion will continue. We do have one more email. We'll put that on our website and get to that uh, tomorrow on the or Monday on the program. Appreciate the discussion. Thank you very much.
5: Utah writer, Gina Wickwar. I am one of the last holdouts. I continue to pay my bills by check. So far, I've been able to withstand every blandishment to pay my bills electronically that is offered by the gas, electric, telephone, and credit card companies, as well as numerous charitable organizations. Hoping to shame me into compliance, they beseech me to save millions of trees, as well as time and postage. I'm all for saving trees, mind you, but I also wish to say the United States Postal Service, and I'm doing my darnness to keep in business. I figure that with all my bill paying and mailing of birthday and Christmas cards, I am doing a patriotic duty to preserve that glorious old institution begun by Benjamin Franklin. Not so most of my friends. They shake their heads when I tell them I continue to pay bills the old-fashioned way by check. That's so yesterday, they tell me. But this electronic mailing goes far beyond bills, too. Last Christmas, at least half of the so-called cards we received were holiday letters sent via email. Thank you notes are now being emailed, as are party invitations, tax returns, baby and wedding announcements, and overdue book notices. Actually, I view even check writing as somewhat novel. My mother and father never had a checkbook until they retired in their late 50s. We were a military family, so they figured that it was too much of a hassle to keep opening and closing checking accounts when we were coming and going every two years. As a result, the 30-plus years they paid their bills by money order or cash. My first experience writing checks occurred when I was married at 19. I've been at it now for 50 years. And having perfected it, will be darned if I'm going to give it up for this newfangled electronic deposit and withdrawal system. That's probably not long for this world either. In a few more years, we'll be able just to envision paying a bill, and it will happen by telepathy. I have to admit, when that time comes, even I won't be able to save the U.S. post office. This is Gina Wickwar.
3: Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and your local office of AARP Utah, a nonpartisan organization helping people 50 and over improve their lives through its advocacy for health care reform, social security, and consumer protection in Utah. Information is at aarp.org slash ut.
1: KUSR, HD1 Logan, KUSK, HD1 Vernal, KUSL, HD1 Richfield, KUST, HD1 Moab, KCEU, 89.7 Price, KUSUFM,
3: 91.5 Logan.